You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The one-two pitch. On the outside corner for strike three, Bogarts goes down looking. A big second out. Boy, a huge pitch with just one out. Being able to get that second out with the bases jacked. And a perfect pitch on that outside corner. But not out of the woods yet with Raphael Devers standing again. He's 0 for 2. A fly out and a ground out. The fans on their feet. Could be the pitch of the game. 3-2. Ground ball left side. Charging to get Bregman. He gloves. Throws to first in time. And the inning is over. Red Sox load him up with one out. And they do not score. With the Astros hold on. Josh James is the story. Absolutely. Three shutout innings. Yep. One walk. What was it, Robert? You said two 10-game win streaks in one season's only been done one other time in Astros franchise history? Yes. 1969. That's what this would be if the Astros hold on here. And we're talking, what is this? May 18th. Yeah. Two 10-game winning streaks. If the Astros are able to hold on here, uh-huh. that'd be amazing. Hesitation on the leg kick. The 2-1 is bounced right side. White charges. He fields. He'll take it the first himself. And that is the ball game. Make it 10 in a row for the Astros as they take the first two in Boston. Winning tonight by a final of 7-3. The Houston Astros with their second 10-game win streak of the season. And they have guaranteed that they'll win a series in Fenway Park for the third straight year. There comes a time in everyone's life. When talk is cheap. And it's time to show up. To get back to the top and build a legacy. If we grind together, we can take it back. Our team. And our city. This is why we play. This is who we do it for. Take it back. For tickets, go to astros.com slash tickets or call 1-877-9-ASTROS. And greetings from Fenway Park in Boston, Massachusetts, where today the Houston Astros take on the Boston Red Sox in the finale of a three-game series. Also the end of a six-game road trip that has seen the Astros so far go 5-0, and including winning the first two here in Boston. A 7-3 win over the Red Sox yesterday. Tyler White, two hits, including a two-run double. Michael Brantley, three for five with a double and an RBI, as the Astros have won 10 in a row and 13. 13 of their last 14 Red Sox have lost two straight and three of their last four Astros 31 and 15 first in the AL West eight and a half games ahead of the Angels with the Red Sox 23 and 22 five games back in the AL East third place behind Tampa Bay time now for today's pitching matchup brought to you by Houston Methodist the official health care provider for the Houston Astros Houston Methodist leading medicine well the Astros going with Wade Miley this afternoon and the left-hander has been pretty solid and maybe one of the ancillary benefits to having Miley in there is the Red Sox sitting a few left-handed hitters yeah exactly you get Mitch Moreland out of there who's been their best power hitter so far this year but he hasn't done well against lefties so he's out and that's a good thing if you're the Astros and a lot of the guys that are in the lineup today haven't been performing well including Steve Pierce who usually kills lefties but he hasn't done it this year so uh, you know there's a lot of things that's been going right with the Astros and a lot of the focus has been on on the hitting and the power and the electricity of one through nine uh, of this lineup 
But Miley just kind of mired in the middle of this rotation right now has been extremely consistent. Uh, the cut fastball is real. He gets righties and lefties out, keeps everybody on their toes by working quickly and getting a lot of ground balls. And I'd expect more of the same today. Meanwhile, Chris Sale, left-hander on the mound for the Red Sox beginning of the year, started seeing a lot of people saying, what's wrong with Chris Sale? But nothing's been wrong with him of late, an ERA just below two over his last five starts, and coming off an outing against the Rockies on Tuesday in which he struck out 17 in seven innings. Yeah, it's it's been incredible, the turnaround, and nobody was really sure what they were going to get. Was he hurt? Was something that, that they didn't know about? What was going on? And all of a sudden, his last three starts, just one walk, and 41 strikeouts so he's back to his dominating self he changed something mechanically uh, just got revealed that there was a toe injury in spring training that set him back a little bit uh, but he looks like the real deal again and the Astros who have done better against him lately uh, will have their hands full against one of the best pitchers in the league. Keys to the game brought to you by Honda. Visit your local Greater Houston Honda dealers for great deals and all models official sponsor of the Houston Astros and I thought last night's game was similar to the first game of this series, not in terms necessarily of the score wasn't quite as close, but when you think about some of the defensive plays that were made by the Astros and some of the defensive plays that weren't made by the Boston Red Sox and certainly have seen a difference in the two clubs in, in that regard so far. Yeah, we were talking about it the first game. We just looked out on the field. and There looked like some, some deficiencies for this Red Sox team uh, defensively. You know, they're just not as good defensively as the Astros are right now, and when you have two good teams like this, especially two dynamic offenses like this, a lot of times these games come down to the defense. And the Red Sox showed it in the championship series last year. They were on top of their game, uh, catching the ball, fielding mm -hmm. the ball, making good throws and things like that. But right now they don't look like the same team. Coming up next, we'll be joined as we are every Sunday by Jeff Luno, Astros president of baseball operations and general manager. But now this from your local station. Baseball season is back. And if you're at Minute Maid Park, Head on over to the new Love Street Bar behind Home Plate for a wide selection of Carbach beers, including Love Street Blonde, Hopadillo IPA, and the Astros' very own Crawford Bach. Or visit us sometime at the brewery where we're open seven days a week. Learn more at carbachbrewing.com or find us on social media at Carbach Brewing. And welcome back to Boston. Robert Ford and Steve Sparks joined by Jeff Luno, Astros president of baseball operations and general manager before the Astros wrap up this series and road trip here at Fenway. And, uh, it's been a, a great start to this road trip, obviously, 5-0, and Jeff, and winning the first two games against a very good Boston club. And I know it's the regular season. I know it's May. But still got to feel pretty good to, to come to Boston and pick up some victories. Well, it does, and they've been playing really well. They've been a hot team, obviously. They won the World Series last year, and we lost them in the championship series. So to be able to come here and take these first two games, great. Hopefully we'll uh, do some damage against Sale because I know he's been pretty hot, too. Jeff, if this team stays healthy, do you see any weaknesses uh, with your club right now? I think health is, is really the number one thing that concerns me mm -hmm. because we've got depth. Uh, we can see you know, Altuve is not playing right now, and we're still continuing to hit and win ball games. And I think we can take one or two blows, but beyond that, it'll be a little tough. I mean, I think our rotation is strong. Uh, we'll see how the young kid does going forward. Obviously, yesterday was a good test for him here at Fenway. And uh, you know, our bullpen has been strong at the back end, the middle part. You know, we're going to have to continue to work on and make sure A.J. mixes and matches. But the, the lineup's been tremendous. So really not a lot of weaknesses. And, and I spent a couple of days down on the farm uh, this week, and we got some other guys down there that could help if we do have some areas. You know, speaking of Jose Altuve, you know, on the injured list, he can come back from the left hamstring strain as early as Tuesday. Sounds like that's not going to be the case. What, what's the thought with Altuve, and, and do you think he might need a rehab assignment? 
Well, we're, we're debating it right now. Obviously, it could be activated on Tuesday, but where there's no rush to get him back. We want him back to be the Jose Altuve that we've known over the past seven, eight years. And I think if he goes out and has a couple of days where he's facing some pitching before he gets back into that intense environment, I mean, we're facing the Red Sox, we're facing the Cubs next week. Uh, I think it'll benefit him. So we'll we'll play it day by day, and we haven't made any decisions yet, but certainly something that we're considering. And with the Ledmies Diaz, same injury, but to a lesser degree, he should be back soon as well? Yeah, I mean, it's a tough one because these grade one hamstring strains, sometimes they're two days, sometimes they're four days. Mm -hmm. If it starts pushing up four to five, you start thinking about the IL. But in his case, he really felt better yesterday. And I think, you know, he'll get the day off today, and then, and then we'll give him a full workout tomorrow and see where we are. I think he'll be able to play tomorrow, which is what we're hoping for. You know, speaking of Diaz and obviously the hope not to put him on the IL, but when you think about infield depth in the, in the system, uh, who, who would be some options if you did need to put Diaz or another infielder on the, on the injured list? Well, we're fortunate that Yuli can play second and Kemp can play second, and we've got some different options here on the big league team. Um, you know, down at uh, Round Rock, you got Jack Mayfield, you got Tanalu. Uh, you got Degati. You got three guys that can play the middle. Straw's been playing some shortstop, so there's plenty of options. And these guys, that's why we have them there. If we need someone to fill in, they're they're fully capable of doing it. At the trade deadline last year, you picked up Ryan Presley, and I, I guess can you just pay homage to what he he's done, breaking a record, 39 consecutive appearances now. He's been lights out. He has been, and I I got to give a lot of credit to our pro scouting group, Kevin Goldstein and Will Sharp and uh -huh. Matt Hogan, because they're the ones that really pushed for Presley. All I did is pick up the phone and make the transaction that they wanted. And they saw something in him that they said, you know, this guy is really good and he can be better with us. And boy, I mean, he gave up a run his first outing. I remember that thinking, oh no. <laughs> yeah. And that was making maybe one more run and that was it. He hasn't given up runs since. So it's not gonna continue that way forever, but it sure is fun to see. And he now holds a major league record, which is pretty neat. What was it that, that they saw in him was it the the spin rate and, and being able to command two breaking balls yeah i mean i think you know we talk a lot about spin rate but spin rate there's a lot of guys that have high spin rate it's a combination of being able to mix your pitches locate your pitches have enough of a variety to keep the hitters off balance and you know we also forget he yeah he can spin it but he can also throw 96 97 right. miles an hour which which helps the spin be that much more effective and just makeup wise plus guy doesn't try and draw a lot of attention himself He's pretty comfortable in any role aj gives him a lot of things we, we like about him. Jeff, any player is going to go to a, in, in a funk from time to time, but you're going to rely on your coaches to try to help those guys. Josh James, yeah. uh, his last six outings has been fantastic and just phenomenal last night here with three scoreless innings. He really has turned it around. And, you know, we debated, should we send him to AAA and have him work out his issues mm -hmm. there? And I got to tell you, it was pretty close. It was a day-to-day -day thing. And then he went out and had one outing and then another good one. And then last night, he's doing exactly what we need him to do. You know, Corbin couldn't get through five, and we really needed This is such a tough environment to put a young pitcher in. He did it last year. He did it this year. And I think he's setting himself up to play a really important role down the stretch for us. And welcome back. Once again, joined by Jeff Luno before the Astros take on the Boston Red Sox. And you know, Tyler White, a, a big night last night, a, a double to right field. He banged one off the green monster that wound up being a single. And that's something we saw something that we hadn't seen a lot of uh, this season from White, and that's him really driving the baseball. And he's a guy who can, who can hit it line to line. He can. And, you know, he's always going to take his walks, and so his on-base percentage is going to be good. But we need him to slug, especially if he's going to be DHing a lot. 
and he just hasn't happened for him this year. And some of it's been bad luck, and some of it's been his approach. But I'm glad to see what I saw last night. You know, they gave him the cape at the end of the game, which was a, a great <laughs> recognition for him. And you know, I told AJ, I think I think he's gonna have a big night for you last night. And I was hoping he'd hit one over the Green Monster, but hitting two of the Green Monsters good enough. And I hope that's the the you know the catalyst that triggers him because we know what he's capable of, and and hopefully we'll see more of it. You know what? As it is, the AJ's been able to use the DH spot to keep everybody fresh, and you could argue that Springer's doing as well as he can because he's DH ten times. Uh, Brantley back there uh, as the DH again tonight, but getting those guys off their feet, I, I think you're seeing what they can, what they're capable of, fresh, and, and hopefully that lasts through the year. Yeah, I, I hope so too. I think, uh, you know, who knows whether there's a there's a kid in AAA when he gets here, you know, he might get some DH time because his bat's so powerful, but. It's nice that right now, you know, when you put Springer in the DH or Altuve or Bregman or, or Brantley or whoever, you give them a day off. And, you know, Springer's having an MVP caliber season. I think part of that is the way A.J. is managing his playing time. You want him out there every day. You want him leading off. But, you know, the rigors of playing outfield every day can be a little tough. So a day off a week is great. You know, you talk about the giving guys days off at that DH spot and something we haven't seen as much of the last few years because you kind of had a, a designated, designated hitter, if you will. Is that something you kind of debate internally sometimes when, when going through the offseason? I mean, there are obviously some, some DH-only options this year, but that's that's kind of something that, that you go back and forth on? Yeah, I mean, we debated, you know, like Nelson Cruz, for example, we were talking about and, and we're thinking about signing him. You know, but you get him and he's, he's going to be your DH and that's going to take that whole spot for pretty much the whole year. Um, you know, it's nice to be able to mix and match and, and have guys, you know, give Tyler White those at-bats, but then also be able to give them to, to the rest of the guys. So it's definitely a consideration. I think the DH has been used more creatively in the past few years, and A.J. likes the flexibility, but I'm sure he'd like a big bat in there that can get 40 home runs too. Jeff, you mentioned you spent some time in Round Rock this past week. I've got to ask you about Forrest Whitley. What's yeah. going on with him? I'm not sure. I mean, I think I, I spoke to him a little bit. He's, um, you know, he's obviously struggling right now. His stuff looks okay. Uh -huh. I think it's a tough league, especially with the new ball this year and, and all the ballparks that they go to. Um, you know, he's just having some struggles, and I think he's going to have to work through them, and I think he'll be a better pitcher for it. But, you know, Corbin dominated that level, and he's here. And, and Forrest, uh, you know, needs to do the same for him to get here. But he's so young. It's his first taste of AAA, and I think he's going to be fine. Uh, it's, a, it's a tougher league than people think. It's a tougher game than people think, and even if you're – uh, you know, to a top prospect in the game, you're going to have some struggles along the way. So hopefully this is it for him. Do you think the promotion of Corbin Martin to the big leagues is really the first of kind of that, that group of pitching prospects right now? Do you think maybe that that's kind of a kick in the pants for the likes of Whitley and maybe even to a lesser extent J.B. Bukowskis yeah. or even to Brandon Belak that, hey, this guy's already in the big leagues. You can be here too if you if you put up the per, the performance. No doubt. And those three guys uh, were, you know, and I include Hernandez in there as well. So mm -hmm. those four guys, you know, came to big league camp. And, you know, that spot could have been for any one of the four who shined. And at this point, it's Corbin and, and actually Hernandez Urquides, I think, is his name now. Yeah, right. Um, you know, he's been, he's probably next in line in terms of guys that's been dominating and he's moved up to AAA, had a good outing the other day. He's up to 97 now. So, you know, I think uh, sometimes you see guys pass you, and it can be frustrating, but it can also use it as motivation. That should have been my spot, and I'm going to make sure next time it comes around that I'm the guy they call. How mindful are you of some of these pitches, like Arquides or maybe uh, a Brian Abreu, those types of pitchers, keeping their innings in check in case you might, you know, use those guys in the latter stages of the year? Well, we want them to continue to develop, and there's some pitchers that we're a little more concerned about because they didn't get a lot of innings last year, okay. and we need to manage it. But in general, 
you know, most of our guys are throwing in the tandem system, so they're not going to get too many innings in the early months here. But we want them to go out there and develop and develop their pitches and do the work they need to do. And we'll deal with that, you know, when we have to. I think we're going to have plenty of options come August and September. Not calling up Jordan Alvarez today, right? Today will not be the day that he okay. will be up here. But I'm just uh, checking. He's a good player. I have to player. ask fans. Should, fans. Be, <laughs> should be fun tomorrow then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fans, fans would want me to ask that question. Jeff Luno, Astros president of baseball operations, general manager. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. There comes a time in everyone's life. When talk is cheap and it's time to show up. To get back to the top and build a legacy. If we grind together, we can take it back. Our team our city this is why we play this is who we do it for take it back for tickets go to astros.com tickets or call 1-877-9-ASTROS hey rob bradford here you guys know i'm always up for a good mvp story and one of the best stories is wasabi technology wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams including 20 major league baseball teams like the red Sox and nhl teams like the bruins and vancouver canucks even the liverpool football club is getting in on wasabi action so why is wasabi the mvp well wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the amazons the world are charging in fact wasabi is up to 80 percent less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from wasabi's ai enabled intelligent media storage wasabi air to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals data deletion and ransomware wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data wasabi another boston-based championship team 